It's 6 p.m. and you are tuned to your community radio station, KVMR FM Nevada City, KCPC Camino. Today is Friday, July 16th, 2021. I'm Kelly Reese and it's time for the KVMR Evening News. Tonight, the California Report looks at a new study from the Monterey Bay Aquarium which highlights the inequality of climate change. And we follow along on two California athletes' Olympic journeys to the Summer Games in Tokyo. We'll take a brief look at entertainment news and weather before Felton Pruitt speaks with guitarists Pepino, D'Agostino, and Guion Riley about their Camptonville performance this Sunday. We close tonight with commentary from Waste Management Public Sector Manager Shivati Karki Pearl. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. When it comes to average temperature increases due to climate change, the Bay Area and Los Angeles will not experience warming equal to the amount of greenhouse gases they produce. That's according to a new study out of the Monterey Bay Aquarium. KQED climate reporter Laura Clivens has more. The study points to the incredible inequality of the effects of climate change. Greenhouse gases come from human sources all over the planet and are then mixed in the atmosphere, working like a blanket that insulates Earth. This means the amount of emissions from one location is not commensurate with the warming there. Kyle Van Houten is the lead author on the study. You can think of this a bit like secondhand smoke. Someone who has maybe never even touched a cigarette in their entire life could experience the ill effects And climate change in some ways kind of works like that. Most of the planet is experiencing more climate change than the proportion to its emissions. In the U.S., that's places like Alaska, Montana, Idaho. Locations that will not feel average warming effects equal to their emissions are eastern states like New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. For the California Report, I'm Laura Clivens. The Summer Olympic Games in Tokyo start in a few days, and once again, California is well represented with a number of athletes competing for the U.S. Olympic team. The California Report will be following two of those athletes on their Olympic journey. The first Olympian we're talking to is David Smith, a middle blocker for the U.S. men's indoor volleyball team. David grew up in Saugus in Los Angeles County, and this will be his third time at the Summer Games. We first asked him how he got involved in the sport of volleyball to be honest but first it was just an off-season sport soccer was my love for most of my childhood so you know soccer and uh in the area where i was was a winter sport and so you know i kind of spent the fall training for soccer played winter with my high school team and then kind of the off-season was the spring season and so instead of going to pe or doing something else like i just went straight into volleyball and um yeah, probably for the first two, three years of my high school career, soccer was still my my number one priority. But then, you know, I, I was growing and I kept growing and I never stopped growing. And it became pretty, pretty obvious that I might have a little bit of an advantage if I, you know, focused a little bit more on volleyball. And like I said, you know, I loved all sports growing up. And so it wasn't like a huge decision to, to kind of change sports to volleyball because it just seemed to work well for me you know I, I still love soccer I still played it all the way until I graduated high school did you ever think in high school or even in college that you would make it to the world stage in volleyball I was a late recruit for college like I had actually decided I wanted to go to UC Santa Barbara try to walk on that program and then I got recruited during that summer between my senior year in high school and my freshman year in college John Spra from UC Irvine came recruited me I ended up changing universities. And then, yeah, first year I was a 
uh, with a red shirt. I was just kind of another guy in the gym. And then things happened. People got injured. And, you know, a spot opened up. You know, I was able to fill that spot. And, you know, I kept growing and kept getting opportunities and kept proving myself. And I, I wasn't even an All-American until my senior year. So, like, I was good, but I was never, like, I never saw myself as, like, one of the dominant players. And so just kind of like I kept my head down, kept working. And, you know, I think that hard work paid off over a long period of time. And, you know, slowly I, you know, I was on the starting lineup and then I was getting national recognition. And then it really wasn't until my senior year when John Sparrow, my coach, at UC Irvine, he's the head coach with the national team now. But he even mentioned like, hey, like, you know, you could continue playing volleyball professionally overseas. What was it like training during the pandemic when there was so much uncertainty around the world? We weren't able to get back together last summer at all due to the coronavirus and you know where, where guys were at. But then we started to figure things out a little bit in the fall. Everybody went back over to the proceeds. Um, we all kind of had to stay safe, go through the, the challenges of playing through a coronavirus pandemic. And then, yeah, I mean, we've all had our sights on Tokyo ever since. And I imagine this was all very different from your other experiences before the Olympics. I've been playing professionally for 13, 14 years now, and like I've never had never had a season like this before, you know? So just like a lot of learning, a lot of uncertainty, but at the same time, just a lot of, you know, trusting yourself to get through that moment. And I think the last few weeks, especially, you know, that we've been together as a team, it, you can see the clarity again, you know, like it, it's here, you know, like the moment is here and we're, we're ready to embrace it. We're ready to attack it. And we're ready to take advantage of it. You know, I think there's almost a new sense of value to it because it was almost taken away. Did you ever have any second thoughts about traveling to Japan, given the state of emergency there and rules that have been put in place? I'm not too concerned about it. I mean, we just had a tournament in Italy last month. So like I said, most of the guys have been playing in Europe. So we kind of been on the move, obviously, with new variants and stuff popping up. It's, it's not 100% under control, but uh, I think Japan and IOC are doing a fantastic job of doing their best to mitigate, you know, any spread or any outbreak. I think, you know, athletes understand the importance of our responsibility to contributing to that bubble. That was Southern California native David Smith, a member of the U.S. men's indoor volleyball team, speaking with the California Report's Keith Mizuguchi. We'll hear more from David about his experiences in Tokyo throughout the games. The first game for the U.S. men's indoor volleyball team is on July 24th. They're playing France. We'll also be tracking the progress of a member of the U.S. shooting team from Tuolumne County. She's participating in the Olympics for the first time this year. Support for the California Report comes from Eric and Wendy Schmidt through the Schmidt Family Foundation, working together to create a just world where all people have access to renewable energy, clean air and water, and healthy food. On the web at theschmidt.org. Paint Care, now with 800 drop-off sites in California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. And Stanford Medicine, protecting your health and providing dependable care with safe in-person appointments and video visits. StanfordHealthCare.org slash AdaptingCare. 
And that is the California Report for Friday, July 16th. We are a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Katie McFerrin and Danny Bringer, with assistance from Seal Muller. Our producers are Mary Franklin Harvin and Keith Mizuguchi. Our senior editor is Angela Corral. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening. Have a good day and weekend. Does an evening of music and dancing under the pines sound like the perfect summer Saturday? Although the full four-day festival is postponed until 2022, World Fest Day will be celebrated at the Nevada County Fairgrounds tomorrow, July 17th. The lineup features three different performances, including aerial acrobatics. The gates open at 3 and COVID-safe protocol will be enforced. Don't despair too much. The Global Village, Arts Vendors, Games on the Green, and all those stages will be back in full force next year. Can't make it to the National Portrait Gallery this weekend? Pas de problem. Nevada County Camera Club presents their exhibit, Creative Portraits, tomorrow at Nevada City Picture Framing and Restoration. Creative Portraits was a chance for the club to challenge preconceived notions of what portraiture should be. The 28 portraits on display challenge classic guidelines associated with the genre. Saturday's opening runs from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. If unable to attend opening night, you can also view the gallery Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays from noon to 5. Off Broad Street presents the opening of their dress rehearsal of Sing Me Back performances tonight at 8.15. The nostalgic musical tour features favorite hits from the 50s through the 80s. Staged as a dress rehearsal, the performance allows audiences a glimpse of behind-the-scenes antics and mishaps that tend to plague the final stages of a production. Friday and Saturday evening performances will continue through August 21st. Join Guion Riley and Pepino D'Agostino Sunday evening from 7 to 9 p.m. at the Campton Community Center as part of their Shri Moonshine music series. Composer and classical guitarist Riley has been described by the New Yorker as a one-man American music machine, amicably ranging across the fields of jazz, world music, and post-minimalism. D'Agostino will provide a masterclass in his fingerstyle speciality, showing how to play his composition, Dancing with Shadows. And now, for regional weather. The National Weather Service has issued a fire weather watch, in effect from 2 p.m. this Sunday through Monday night, for much of our listening area. Moisture from the south will bring the potential for thunderstorms with little rainfall. The highest chance for thunderstorms will be over the mountains and foothills. Given the dry landscape, any lightning strikes may result in high probability of ignition. In Grass Valley in Nevada City, tonight, clear skies with a low around 61. Tomorrow, sunny with a high near 91. In Truckee and Lake Tahoe, tonight, clear skies with a low around 44. Tomorrow, sunny with a high near 83. And in Sacramento and Woodland, tonight, clear skies with a low around 58. Tomorrow, sunny with a high near 95. Bluegrass meets minimalism. Are you intrigued yet? If so, stick around. Felton Pruitt speaks to guitarists Pepino D'Agostino and Guion Riley about their upcoming performance this Sunday at the Camptonville Community Center. We're talking with Pepino D'Agostino, who is playing with Guion Riley this Sunday evening from 7 to 9 p.m. at the Camptonville Performing Arts. It's a, a concert put on as the Shri Moonshine Music Series up there in Camptonville. 
And uh, you're going to be playing with Guillaume uh, Pepino, and we're certainly looking forward to having you back. The last time you were up around our area, you played the Foothill Event Center a couple of years ago. Yeah, that was a couple of years ago, yes. Everything right. was a I couple a of nice years time. ago. Correct, because everything stopped a couple of years ago. How were things for you? I mean, you can play anywhere you want, anytime. Did you just shut down when COVID hit? Well, I didn't shut down. The world shut down around yeah. me. Yeah. And so I could not, you know, like all of us, everybody was stuck at home, and I, I, I'm not different. So everything was canceled, concert, uh, and my guitar retreats, and the music retreats that I organized in Italy and uh, in the uh, U.S. were all canceled. So, yeah, like it was uh, really tough. For, for many people, this has been really a nightmare. You know? So have you gotten your music camps back together? Well, we're doing the first one in Sicily in uh, begin- the beginning of September. So um, what we do is just I invite some of the top players uh, you know, violinists or guitarists or ukulele players. And we have these retreats that usually last three to five days. And people come from all over the world to be, to study with these people. And I help them, you know, um, with their courses. And I organize the whole thing with my wife. And we do this in California and Italy. And so the first one after the pandemic is taking place in Sicily, in Syracuse. September 3rd through the 7th. And if people actually wanted to go and find out more about this, how would they do that? They can uh, go to the website, which is Music World Retreats. Musicworldretreats.com. Okay. And they can get all the information. Yeah. For people that haven't seen you perform and are, would like to come and see you on Sunday night, uh, tell people exactly what to expect when you hit the stage. Well, both me and Guillaume are guitarists. He plays a classical guitar with nylon strings, and he writes his own music. And I play steel string guitar, acoustic steel string guitar, and I, and I play my own music. So we're both guitarists and composers, and we'll be playing original music only, not covers, just music that we write. And we'll be playing two sets, uh, both sets are divided in two parts. So he's going to start, and then he's going to call me on stage. He's going to leave the stage, and then I'll play my 15, 20 minutes, and then we'll play at the end of the first set. We'll be playing two songs, two I will say two compositions, then intermission, and then we'll repeat the same thing on the second set. So there'll be music played together, and it's very exciting music that we brought. In fact, Guillaume brought a piece specifically for the tour, for the two of us. Um, it's a very fun piece, kind of a bluegrass meets minimalism, minimalism music. It's very interesting music. He's such a great composer. We've been talking with Pepino D'Agostino, who I've been pronouncing his name wrong for 30 years, but Pepino, we've been friends for 30 years, so hopefully we can keep staying friends for a couple weeks or so. <laughs> <laughs> we will. Thank you so much. All righty. We'll see you Sunday night up in Camptonville. Felton, thank you so much for helping with this. Truly uh, grateful to you. Thank you. We're talking with Gian Riley, who is going to be playing at the Camptonville Performing Arts Center this Sunday evening from 7 to 9. He's going to be playing with Pepino D'Agostino as well, and it's going to be an incredible night of guitar playing. Thanks for joining us. 
My pleasure. Thanks for having me. I was asking Pepino what to expect this Sunday night. Why don't you tell people from your own perspective what they're going to hear? Well, it's the first time that Pepino and I will be playing together, and it'll be in my hometown of Camptonville, California. Uh, I've played there many times, but this will be the first time with him. And so we'll we'll play our own individual solo sets and then uh, also some some selections together. How did you guys meet? I was talking with you. You said you've known Pepino for like 20 years. Yeah, it's been about 20 years. We met when we played together in a Europe-based guitar ensemble of about between 9 and 12 guitar players. And we toured around Europe together for, I think, on and off for about five years. So that's how we, we came to first play together. But this is the first time with only two of us. I have to admit that I've never been to the Camptonville Performing Arts Place, Center, whatever they're calling it. Uh, have you? Yeah. Um, it's, well, it's called the Camptonville Community Center. Okay. And so they only in the last few years, they started uh, having musical events there under the umbrella of the uh, Sri Moonshine music series it's a very very small town and it's just down the street from the elementary school that i went to uh, as a kid so it's kind of a trip to play there and (laughs) um it's in an old uh, masonic building that's uh, that I always used to just like walk by and wonder what it was, what it was for, and now now I know what it was for. <laughs> it was for you to come and play in, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And for folks that don't know exactly where we're talking about, here's a little reference. It's just past where Bergy Dave's used to be. Exactly. Tickets are available at Brown Paper Tickets. Talk a little bit about your guitar playing and style. Well, I started out as a classical guitar player, and in many ways still am a classical guitar player because that's my primary instrument nylon string classical guitar but after yeah going to the conservatory and studying classical repertoire for years and years i became more interested in my own composition and improvisation so that's sort of the direction that it's taken me more recently more experimental music and and improvisation and uh performing my own works so this is mostly what i'm going to do on this concert is material for my new album which is called silver lining just came out a couple weeks ago on the sodic record label so yeah i've got a whole wealth of new new material i've been working up and uh, also wrote a couple of new pieces for pepino and i to play together will you have copies of your new album there for sale at the show definitely we're certainly looking forward to the show it's sunday night from seven to nine at the camptonville as you've corrected me community center it's going to be a great one with you and pepino and I, I, Pepino even said that your dad might zoom in and at least watch you. Is that happening? Yeah, I think he'll be on, uh, his face will be on a big screen coming in from Japan. So it'll be like he's there with us. All right, it'll we, be fun. We're talking about your dad, Terry <laughs> Riley. You know, it's good because you're the hometown kid and you're keeping music alive in your hometown. So that's a good thing. It feels great to be doing that, yeah. We've been talking with John Riley and uh, it's Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m. Uh, have a great show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. We close tonight's newscast with commentary on organic waste from Public Sector Manager for Waste Management, Shivati Karki Pearl. Shivati is part of the sustainability team and eager to provide answers and education on recycling right. She welcomes conversations with community groups who wish to talk trash. Join her on the Facebook group Waste Not Nevada County. You will hear the terms green waste and yard waste used alternatively. The meaning of food waste is clear in itself, and organic waste encompasses all of the above. 
Currently, we do not have an active food waste program in Nevada County, but that is about to change. What we consider as trash is constantly evolving as improved technologies and research find new ways to use materials to fight climate change and provide sustainable solutions to waste. In the 1960s and 70s, recycling became a common practice as we learned that certain materials like aluminum had value. It is undeniably better for the environment if these items were processed rather than taken to the landfill. As we move into the 21st century, attention turned to organic material. It was quickly realized that materials such as landscape trimmings, food scraps, and food soil paper were valued commodities that could be turned into compost for use as natural fertilizer or processed to create a renewable energy source. Further impetus was given by eye-opening statistics of food waste as outlined by organizations such as RTS, which is Recycled Track Systems. To give you an example from their website, rts.com, United States discards more food than any other country in the world, nearly 40 million tons per year, and this equates to 219 pounds of waste per person. In 214, California passed the groundbreaking AB 1826 law that mandated separation of organic materials from the trash for certain commercial properties. Eventually, a new law was passed, SB 1383, which requires all properties in California to separate organics from trash. This regulation goes into effect on January 1, 2022. While we have an active yard waste collection and disposal program, the McCourtney Road Transit Station is still going through renovation that will add a disposal and transfer area for food waste, among other improvements. While uh, within a few months, Waste Management plans to launch a curbside food scraps and food soil paper collection service for commercial customers. Needless to say, Waste Management in Nevada County have not only been diligently working to create infrastructure and solutions to keep pace with the goals outlined by the state, we are also currently exploring affordable solutions for our residential customers. While awaiting the launch of the formal food waste disposal program, residential and commercial customers can immediately make a difference by subscribing to the green waste collection service provided by waste management. Landscape trimmings, grass clippings, pruning waste, untreated wood waste, and other shrubbery are collected by waste management. They're sent to a third party, which is turning them into landscape materials such as mulch. At this moment, do not throw your food waste in with your yard waste. Also remember, just like your recycling cans, organic separation only works if we avoid placing contamination in our yard waste containers. So items such as food, treated wood, dirt, invasive plants like blackberries and scotch broom, or hard to shred items like palm leaves make it more difficult or impossible for the processor to create high quality products that will eventually come back to our yards. Starting now, keeping all your items separate from trash gives Nevada County a head start in reaching state mandated goals for a separate organics waste stream. It also helps in fight against wildfires by encouraging the removal of brush around our properties and by turning these items into landscaping products. Where food waste is concerned, Many Nevada County residents are ahead of the curve by composting in their own backyards, donating to the food bank, and participating in fruit gleaning initiatives, or even feeding scraps to backyard farm animals and poultry. There are many resources available locally. 
with organizations such as Master Gardeners of Nevada County, as well as Sierra Harvest to help you with composting and sharing of any excess fruit. The diversion of food waste from our trash cans aids in the reduction of greenhouse gases from the landfill and allows for the recovery of edible food to address food insecurity in communities. And by making an effort in our homes and offices today, we will be prepared when more stringent regulations become mandatory. I invite you to join the conversation and ask your questions on Facebook at the public group called Waste Not Nevada County. That's our newscast for tonight, Friday, July 16th, 2021. We get support from Whitewater Naturopathic Medicine. Doctors Carolyn and Gregory Weiswasser provide integrative women's and family health care, digestive analysis, hormone optimization, and more. Located on East Main Street, Grass Valley, serving Central California since 2004. Whitewaternaturopathic.com and the Pizza Joint, offering New York-style pizzas by the slice or pie, cheese or meatball, manicotti, and more. Open daily, takeout, or curbside pickup for social distancing. Commercial Street, Nevada City. ThePizzaJointNC.com Stick around. At 6.30 this evening, the California Report magazine teams up with the World According to Sound podcast. What is it like to navigate the world through your ears? Tonight's episode tells the stories of five different people who are blind and the sounds that surround them. Then, at 7, we have Democracy Now! with host Amy Goodman. Thanks for listening. I'm Kelly Reese, signing off. Have a great weekend. Uh-huh.